January 11th, 2022. It's a lot from Pedro show. That's what I'm sure, man. I'm sure. I'm, I'm really sure of this thing. And uh, as I say, um, there, there, there are things uh, which, as far as spirituality is concerned, which are very important to me at this time. And uh, I've got to grow through certain, you know, phases of this to other understanding and uh, more, you know, consciousness and awareness of just what it is that I'm supposed to, you know, understand about it. And I'm sure all this will be part of the music, which is, to me, you know, I, I feel I want to be a force for good. And the music, too. Everywhere. <laughs> you know, I want to be a force for, for real good. In other words, I know that there are bad forces. You know, I know that there are forces out here that bring suffering to others and misery to the world. But I want to be the opposite, because I want to be the force which is truly for good.
For Pedro Show, happy Tuesday. <laughs> Indeed. Go with the fucking, forgot to turn down the monitor there. 20 years, seven months of doing this show, and I'm still blowing fucking clams. I'm so sorry. We start off with John Coltrane talking to Frank Kofsky, 1966 November, about wanting to be a real force for good. And then we had Lily Lewis with Warm and Gentle People. And because of those Estonian software engineers and their Skype invention, I have with me. Lily Lewis, <laughs> welcome aboard, Lily. That's amazing, man. Like, uh, uh, you're the only person I know that's programmed uh, warm and gentle pre- uh, people appropriately. So, thanks for that. <laughs> okay, no problem. 
love the stuff you got. And and uh, Howard was the connect, right? Howard Wolf. That's indeed, yeah. That you know, he's the man, right? Yeah, many years I've been with Howard. He's got a good cat, good cat. And I, yeah. And I, I'm most grateful for the connect. I'm really curious about your journey with music, Lily. Can you bring me or bring us, listeners, your earliest musical recollection, please? Ah, well, my earliest recollection could be. I, I think it's it's either. Remember, I, it's I, a lot from people. It show. goes There's back no so far. Questions. There's no wrong look. Answers. It goes back so far that I my brain messes up the chronology. It's either me playing one note at a time on the church piano um, at my dad's church, or it would be me giving an air piano recital for my family in the living room. And they couldn't hear anything, but it was all in my head. And they tried to clap for me because it was way too awkward. Uh, at this point, I was around three, I'd say. And I, instead of taking the hint, I'm still terrible at taking the hint. Uh, I just kind of put my fist in the air and said, I'm not finished yet. You know, like, how dare they interrupt this beautiful music that I was trying to play from? So that's the kind of kid I was. Like I said, it goes back far farther than I can remember. I think I just kind of came into the world with my heart mapped on music. Well, I think both approaches are connected. Now, since there was a piano at church, was there one in the pad you grew up to? We ended up in getting a piano uh, for my sister. And that's interesting. I did have a piano in the house when I was giving that air recital. So I didn't know the difference between playing the air and playing the actual instrument. Uh, they were the same to me. <laughs> the magic <laughs> period of being a kid. Right? Because <laughs> <laughs> the magic thinking works. <laughs> okay. Okay. What was the first record you bought with your own money? First record, say that again. First record you bought with your own money. With my own money. You know, because you ain't got a lot of money when you're a kid, so I'm curious. Right, right, yeah. We talking uh, we're talking allowance money. Right. That would that would I bought two records on the same day. One was a Jackson Five compilation that had like pictures of the band put like in the vinyl itself. Whoa. Which was fly. I was like, yeah, very proud of that. And on the same day, I bought Anita Baker's Rapture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which I played out. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. But the, the picture disc of the Jackson family, that's the truth. Yeah. But Anita Baker, oh, wow. Okay. You, you got played out. Yeah. And and uh, first gig you saw? First gig I saw was not the gig I wanted to see. It was the Atlanta <laughs> Symphony Orchestra doing like a... They were doing a, a special concert in my hometown in Athens, and my mom took me to that show because I really wanted to go to the new edition show in Atlanta because I was Ronnie DeVoe. And uh, she said, no, you're not ready for that. And she took me to this concert, and I was like, Ma, it's not new edition, it's old edition. <laughs> right, right. That was amazing. I was totally mesmerized by the harpist the whole time. So, yeah. So you're talking Athens, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, college town. Yep. Absolutely. And uh okay, school. Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? So, uh I wanted to be in the choir and for some reason I never got to be in the choir until like 8th grade. They put me in the select chorus that met after school and I went to like all state chorus and stuff like that, but I wasn't in the choir in regular school. 
up until then, I was in band. I played the drums, and I got to go to all the little, like, you know, band nerd stuff. Wh and then which I went drum? to boarding which, which school. Which kind of drum? Did became... you play the field drum, or did you play the toms, or the, or the kick You know, drum? I played, like, I was in the percussion course, so okay. I played field drums, I played bass, I played... I also, you know, played timpani, like, like the melodic stuff. So, like, when I went to, like, the, the statewide events or whatever... And we were doing like concert music, right? I was the one on the timpani, or I would be on the marimba, or something like that. Yeah, uh, So, but I was, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of all over the place there. And then when I went to boarding school, I became a hardcore choral nerd, like hard. Yeah, because you got a beautiful like voice. You know, you got a beautiful voice. So I'm curious, why didn't they let you into choir when you were a girl? Well, you know. Um, so for the church choir, they said I was too young. I think the same thing happened in, uh, like, like elementary school type stuff. Um, and then I also had asthma and I was also very shy. And I think there was just like a lot of, I think it was just convergence. And they were like, we don't know what to do with her. She's an alien. Like, no, she can't do this. But, no, but, but she can do drums. Put her on the drums. Right, exactly. Right. Which, and you know, you know what? I think that could aid in a bet in the future, though, because the rhythm thing, you know, God, I wish I would have been playing drums when I was a kid. I was obsessed. Like, I never went anywhere without my, like, my red drumsticks with the black tips. And, like, I was playing, like, all the time. And I, I missed that side of myself. Like, Again, boarding school turned me into like a total choral geek. And so that kind of edgy side of me that like had rhythm and stuff, yeah. that that kind of got that kind of got pummeled when I it got, got to suppressed. It. <laughs> right, exactly. Now I'm seeing like Bach and Handel and it's not the same. Cuz I know? was I was going to ask you, did you end up with a trap kit, you know, but no. Eventually, I got myself a trap kick just for just for personal well-being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, you gave me this. Uh, turn it around. I want to play it. Okay. All right. But really is it what goes so 
TV says for a couple of days my country has been whoa it's a matter of survival I'm a victim of chance in a crossfire between good and earth the answer must be in defense What did it say, revenge? What did it say, revenge? But what about the rage? What about all the people we could lose to fury and fear? What about the greed? What about all the thousands that make me believe?
passing the wind, neither you nor I. But when the trees bow down their heads, the wind is passing by.
Life for Pedro show. That chunk of music started with Lily Lewis doing Turn It Around. Then Yoko Ono, she just put out a single. Who Has Seen the Wind? Troopa Troopa out of Poland with their new song, Uniforms. Beatnik Party, brand new. Michael just flowed me this St. Michaelmas dance. He said, there's a bass solo I should pay attention to. I was I was listening, but <laughs> so much part of the tune I couldn't. <laughs> but it was beautiful, Michael. Thank you. God, my voice is brand new. Excited once. S.R. Woodward, life is. With the lips, people, it ain't over, right? Dot, dot, dot. Uh, Faded Joker, The Comedian Fails, Josh Corkill remix from Puppet Midnight out of England. Also from England, The Halbians with Wind Your Neck. Wine Your Neck. Wind and Wine. Now they're spelled the same, people. So you learn in our language. It's another thing to screw you up. <laughs> SOWNBB <laughs> Jr., Born Ready out of Iowa. And finally, the new Jim Crow, Lily Lewis. So, Lily. You know, after school, not graduating, but in the afternoon, did you get into the garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing? Uh, let's see. I think I've done all of those in some form or fashion. You know, it's like, I think I, I ran away from home when I left school, moved to Boston. There I did the bedroom band thing. My roommate had a band called Coriander. Uh, and I just was like obsessed with this kind of like alt Americana thing. Might have even been before anybody was calling anything Americana, <laughs> but uh, we did the band, we did the bedroom band thing there, you know. And I and I like recorded a bunch of like uh, you know live stuff during that time. There was an engineer in town who used to come out to live shows and record the live shows. So my first record was that. And then I, you know, got my own interface and I started kind of doing my own recordings. I couldn't find anybody who wanted to kind of take me on the way Bingham ended up doing 20 years later. Um, so I did a lot of my own stuff, you know, kind of headphone masterpieces, as I like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> headstone masterpiece. So like you're using a four track and overdubbing on yourself? Yeah, kind of. I was using a Pro Tools inbox okay, at the time. Okay, it was yeah, a two-channel yeah. interface, you know. Like a computer for a tape out, recorder. Yeah. yeah, I started out on, um, I had a four-track that I used to record all my, like, acapella demos on um, because I've always been obsessed with acapella singing, like, to way back to childhood when I used two recorders and, like, would record each one on top of the other. And that's when I learned about signal degradation and all that stuff. So I had to make sure that I recorded the first thing last on top of everything else so that the first thing actually extended. Anyway, so I developed my own recording techniques. We, we like, should explain to the listeners. This was an art called bouncing, people. You didn't have unlimited yeah. tracks. You had to keep going. And each time you went, there was another layer of shh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Even Sergeant Pepper, people, that's two four tracks bouncing on each other. I mean, what we got now, we kind of take for granted. You had to be a little more innovative in the old days. That's right. Yeah. Like, and you had to turn your mistakes into music somehow. And, and who turned you on to that stuff at home with the two tape recorders? Was that woman alone? That was just me. Yeah. That was just me being a nerd. Okay. That was just me. Yeah, but you were on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the way harmony felt, sure, you know, it just sure. made my body feel good, you know? Sure. And sure. so I just hang out in my bedroom with my little, like on the floor with my feet up in the air on my belly, you know, just singing with myself. And we should tell and then, people. Uh, and then I when I lived in Colorado, like I, uh, I got myself a looper, and uh, just sang with myself on a guitar looper. That was pretty gratifying too. So you could do gigs. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, people, uh, I should tell you about acapella. It's like kind of making music instruments with your voice. Exactly. Right. And if you got, you can layer it up, you know, you could be the whole band. You're the whole band, right. It gets all lush. And, I, you know, I like to do, um, you know, I like I, the record that I did on the looper. I called very small things because I would take like a very small idea, like two notes or four notes and then turn that into a folk song, you know. And uh, and my favorite thing about it is like when you're in a club and you start to do something like that, everything gets still. Like even the bar gets quiet. People, I I sang one of my most quiet looper tunes at a festival, right back to back with a metal band. When I closed my eyes, I didn't have an audience at all, and the metal band was playing hard. But I opened my eyes like six minutes later after you know the song was done. Like I had a full audience and the metal band had stopped playing, you know, like Whoa. I, I love the, the, like it, it brings patience to the room, you know, which we don't get a lot of these days. So yeah, I, I have a thing for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People say short extension spans, but you, your patience won out with that. I did that day. That's yeah, you know? yeah. Now you mentioned guitar. I, I, where did you learn guitar after drums? So I play guitar very poorly. I play through, I sing through a guitar looper. Um, and when I first started writing my own songs, like, you know, I, I bought a guitar because I was like, I had kind of a mental breakdown when it came to piano. Like somehow I was just like, with piano, there was so much pressure. Like it was my major and I had to compete all the time and yada, yada, yada. There was so much pressure to perform well. I wanted an instrument that like I knew I had no talent at and wanted to find out if I could make music out of something that I, I knew I had no talent. The reason I knew I had no talent is because, again, in that boarding school, they made us take a, a, a like guitar class where you were supposed to learn a few chords. And I like I learned like three chords and then I maxed out. I was like, you want me to play a what? A C chord, an F chord? That's not going to happen. It just so I knew I had no talent. But I bought myself a guitar anyway. And then I started writing songs on that guitar. And, you know, I there might be like a whisper of a video or two on YouTube of me like sitting around a fire trying to play guitar. But the only song, um, there's one of my songs that I can play on guitar. And then the only other song that I was ever willing to play in public on guitar was uh, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Okay. <laughs> now, you, you talk about moving to Colorado from... Boston. A lot more well, places to Colorado, go. it was Boston, then it was Atlanta, oh. then it was like back to New England, not necessarily Boston. And then maybe we went to Colorado. I mean, I just bounced around. Okay, I, well, bounced. Well, I was going to say that a lot, lot of places to play in Boston, maybe not as much in Colorado. That's accurate. But in Colorado, I was more there for the moon and the stars. Yeah, like yeah. we lived at about 8,500 feet. And when I got like my first night out there, yeah. like we were living in the tent and like, and the moon was like right in my face and you could see the Milky Way. And, and I just, oh, yeah. I felt like I'd been hoodwinked my whole life. Like the sky is right there and nobody told me. <laughs> so a lot of stuff to write songs about. Yeah, yeah. I wrote an acapella record out there. It's probably still my favorite record. It's called um, it's called Out From Yonder. Uh, I did an acapella record out there that just like, you know, where it's just like me and the rocks and the moon and, you know, 
and an amazing meteor shower that we watched to like you know listening to Jesse Norman singing the Rick Hart Strauss four last songs. I mean, Whoa. it was epic out there. I didn't miss anything. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't miss yeah. Anything. I'm, I'm curious when you made that acapella record. What was the first thing you put on? Uh, the first thing I put on in terms of like the first song or what well, no, mean? the first layer of sounds. Well, it depended on the tune, like, okay. you know, but again, I was working with, uh, with just like kind of seed syllables and like, so it was kind of like, again, the, it was music that was making itself. So I would lay down the first thing I heard and then I would try to dress that up with the next thing I heard. So it always depended. Sometimes it would be the rhythm track, right? You know, I'd make up some rhythm track. That's what I was going to ask you. Cause like, I know, uh, one person records like Stevie Wonder's. Intervision yeah. and stuff like that. Prince, they always and Dave, even Dave Grohl with his first Foo Fighter record, they start with the drums. Right. So, okay. Right. So exactly. you would like acapella, make acapella sounds like drum rhythm. Yeah, you know, and I was like, you could either do it the traditional way, which is like, you know, there, there are all kinds of like vocal percussion techniques that you could use, but instead, what I was trying to do was like deconstruct all that and just make up weird approaches to the rhythm track, you yeah. know. Um, so like I would, I would just sort of invent, like, I remember one, um, called warm, like the waters where the rhythm track was like, and I can't like reproduce it right now. Cause like, I got to use the mic to like, you know, make it come out. But it's like, I'd never heard anybody do that. I was just like, well, that's, what's going to be my rhythm track. You know, it's just like, you know, so some of some of the rhythms that I invented came back, like, you know, um, recently when I started working with the looper again. But back then, I wasn't even using the looper. Like, I maybe bought the looper 90% of the way um, into that recording process. And so I was, like, tracking all the way through. Right, like, right. One take, like, big rhythm track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Sure, sure. Um, and then sometimes the rhythm would be draw would be driven by the vocal parts. So instead of having an actual rhythm track, it would be you know vocal harmonies that were done kind of uh, you know syncopation or whatever that would drive the, the rhythm forward. And I think like um, Mountain Lady Woman would be an, an example of it. And the deal was like none of it ha had to be precise, like. My whole point, because I was living at a Buddhist retreat center, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm just trying to, like, get, I'm just trying to get grounded and just be a person, you know? And uh, and so I didn't need any of it to be quantized. I didn't need any of it to be perfect. I just, I just wanted to see what happened if I let my voice do what I, you know, what it wanted to do. I'll tell you, on one of the tracks, we did a cover of Coltrane's Alabama. Oh, man. Incantation Flame, and the rhythm track, what I call the rhythm track for that, was a dude who showed up on the land who knew four, uh, who knew four, like Zen chants. Uh, one was to protect the temple. One was like you know for the ancestors. One was for you know uh, compassion, and like, and I'm like, oh, you know a chant, uh, a, a Zen Buddhist chant where you use. Um, Tuvan throat singing about protecting a temple. Yeah, I want you to do that because uh, that's going to be McCoy Tyner's drone. Oh, yeah. Because we're singing about a church that got blown up. Right, those you four know? little girls. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, I read somewhere that uh, John Coltrane 
was kind of inspired by uh, Dr. King's phrasing. You know, there's so much information um, in so much of Coltrane. Like, we would have to do a whole episode just on that alone, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm reading Peter DeStefano, the Lewis Porter book on uh, mm. Music Man at uh, Rutgers, right? And mm. it, it is deep. It is deep. It's, mm. it's so deep. And so... So you had a guest, yeah, a, t a throat singer. Yeah. I wish you would have sent me the music. <laughs> you got to send that to me. I, I'm, I can't I'm believe I didn't send that one to you. <laughs> well, you sent me a lot of good stuff, though. So, But they're, they're right. interesting. The, the, the acapella record was important in your development, right? You know, acapella had been such a big part of my life throughout. Um, and that record was weird enough that like it actually got the attention of the mainstream acapella community. So like right before acapella blew up and they had shows on TV and everything, um, the international like SoJam festival uh, had me, you know, sing on their main stage. It was the first time they'd actually had a woman, you know, be a main stage artist. Um, and it, I think it just struck a chord and it like, it was really validating for me because it was just like me is me and my little voice, you know, um, and it was me doing something that I had been doing since I was a very small child, you know. Um, so to to learn that, like, people found it compelling um, was pretty validating for me. It like it got I think it got me centered in a way where I didn't have to. I didn't have to wait for anybody else's approval. No, no, no. It, was just, it was genuine. It was genuine. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Now and we, that's probably why it's still one of my favorite, you know, my favorite projects. Yep. We're at the end of the first hour, January 11, 2022. Dish Watt Peterson special guest, Lily Lewis. Hold tight for hour two. January 11, 2022. Second hour, Watt from Peterson. <laughs> I'm a mountain lady one. I got a mountain lady. I was born but in order. I'm a mountain lady woman, I got a mountain lady feet, and they 
When we finally cross the barricades with the angels on our side. When we finally deny all the popular lies. When we finally let doubt and worry die. How will it feel?
Pedro Show start off the second hour off Lily Lewis doing Mountain Lady Woman. So people, there is a connect with that spiel we had last hour. <laughs> and then we had the Silver Mount Zion Memorial Orchestra and Tra La La Band out of Montreal with the Triumph of Our Tired Eyes. Obama's Prendon after that, Traveling Up North Blues. Lily Lewis, Incantation Flame. There it is. Yes, yes. Now it makes sense. Now I understand what's up. What's up? So what happens after uh, the Colorado acapella, uh, Garden the Temple? You make another <laughs> well, move, right? The truth is, yeah, like uh, we, we, we left the land um, because I started working on like a big kind of classical piece. And I had some friends up in New England who had put us up when I was working on a big classical piece. And. Um, and while we were out there, my wife decided she wanted to get into wilderness therapy and she got accepted into 
a program out in Arizona, and we tried to relocate to Arizona, but they fired her when they found out she was gay. So that, like, you know, she kind of tucked her tail between her legs and decided she wanted to come home. Uh, and that's how we landed in Louisiana. She's from a small town called Hammond, Louisiana. Um, that's, and where, that's where you're talking to me from, right? Well, actually, I'm out. I'm in Slidell, outside. Of oh, New I know Slidell. If you want to so, take, yeah. if you want to take the bypass, if you go into like Jacksonville, start going through yeah. New Orleans, a little I-12. There's a little. That's right. That's right. I-12. Watch well, a lot of tours. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that big Lake Pontchartrain. If you want to make the exactly. shortcut to New Orleans, yeah. Man, you're speaking my language. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, uh, so Liz is from Hammond. We moved back to Hammond. We started a little band called the Shiz. Um, and that was like a kind of a therapy project for Liz, you know, so she got to get her writing in there and, uh, and I got to get loud. That's kind of where my folk rock diva moniker came from. That's what they used to call me in that band. The folk rock diva? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And were you playing guitar? No, I was okay. playing keys. I was ah, playing keys, keys okay. man. Okay. Yep. So, uh, keyboard diva. That's right. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and Liz, what, 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 she she was writing, so you're singing her words? Well, she was also singing. We co-fronted okay. the band. She's a multi-instrumentalist, so she was our main, you know, rhythm guitarist, and, uh, you know, she also played harmonica. She also plays piano. Like, I mean, she's she's one of those, you know, what sure. are you going to do? Um, There's some people, whatever they pick up, they can play. They can play. I, I swear, know. I've I'm seen like, them. It's not... They don't have to prac or anything. They just can do it. <laughs> They're just like, oh, look, oh, whoops, it's music. Oh, well, you know, I'm like, man, it's not fair. You know, that's how our writing was, too. So um, so that band was, was crazy fun. The the guy that ended up being in the dr- the drummer for that band is my current drummer as well. He started out as our bass player, so he's another one of those guys. Uh, wow. Everything he picks up, he can just play, you know? Sure. Um, so we started out an all-woman thing, and then our, our, our woman drummer, uh, our woman drummer's boyfriend became, like, our biggest fan. And uh, and he ended up being our bass player because we actually thought we could have a band without a bass player. Because like I don't know where I got that idea, but I thought I <laughs> could play bass on kick drum, that would just that be poor fine. Poor lonely kick drum. You know, <laughs> it's like poor lonely. <laughs> but that's like that's how green we were, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, anyway, he comes in, he plays bass, and then when we found another bass player. Um, you know, he shifted over to drums and that quartet, um, it was Wade Hemel, Alan Craig, Liz Hogan, and myself, that quartet became like the funnest project I've ever, I've ever participated in. It was like, you know, they were there for any music I threw at them. Like nobody had any like snobbery around genre or whatever. They were there for the harmonies. They were there to rock out. Like, you know, they, it was, it was great. That was a good time. Whoa. You know, you gave me something live here called Donna Donna. Oh man, that's from way back. Okay. Well, you gave it to me. I'm going to play it right now.
rocket lies a camp with one fly. High above him, there's a swan by three leaves in How the winds, they are laughing.
put up a sign. We stated that Stone Age thinking leads to Stone Age decisions. Zen monk chanting, Zen monk ranting, and he sang his blues. Fire, joy, division. Earthquake and time baselines that he didn't want to play anymore. World weary lyrical delivery, like he'd lived them out in lifetimes before. And for those who didn't know his name, he painted in big day glow letters, Larry. He constructed a shrine. Around a portrait of Joseph Stalin, he carefully placed gadgets and toys from when he was a boy. From out of a seemingly bottomless suitcase, earthquake end of time baselines that he didn't want to play anymore. What weary lyrical delivery. Like he'd lived them out in lifetimes before, and for those who didn't know his name, he painted in big day glow letters, Larry. My phone rang two or three. I knew it'd be Larry. My phone rang at three or four. It'd be him wanting to talk some more. Did he ever sleep? Did Larry ever sleep? It was always now. In the key of his dreams, he was from the hip with his love and hates. Artist brother, husband father, and his crazy wisdom can't ever be replaced. Earthquake and a time baselines that he didn't want to play anymore. World weary lyrical delivery. Like he'd lived them out in lifetimes before, and for those who didn't know his name, he painted in big day glow letters, Larry. Count the petals of peace for Larry, for Larry. A hammer and sickle wreath for Larry, for Larry. Everlasting sleep, sleep, Larry, sleep.
that's what I'm told. Oh, yeah. Reaching for wisdom is one way to go, different direction from most. But I am free. I am free, 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 free. So be we free, 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 free. Free, 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 show that chunk of music start off with lily lewis something live donna donna so you know i told you my first record was live recordings right sure and i i don't usually share much from the first record because it was like you know it's just kind of i i had i was going from being a classical soprano to playing clubs in boston and having no idea what i was doing but some magic guys showed up in my world, Mark Nathanson on drums and Todd Brunel on clarinet. Todd played bass clarinet. I played piano and we had a drummer. And that was our trio. That was our ensemble. Wow. And Donna Donna was how we used to open all of our shows. And there was something about it that let us get uh, booked with all kinds of bands. We got booked with punk bands. We got booked with rock bands, folk bands jazz ensembles, like it, there was something in it that connected to what a lot of different people were doing. Um, but I love was, that because I think that's what music is actually for. Same. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This, this exactly. gulag thing in Berlin Walls, I just can't handle this. So, Amen. Yeah. Right. Forget tell that. It. Let me Keep tell going. the people the other stuff we play. Carl M. Wild with Bliss, brand new. Kevin Hewick with Larry. Ray Shin with Just the Beginning. Dog plus dog plus this is a New England band with a song called Punk Rock and finally Lily Lewis with Fly. Mm. Fly. So flies from the new record, yeah. huh? It, yeah. It, it's so much different than the Donna Dub, but in a way it ain't. Mm-hmm. Right, because like, <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the yes, same, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean flies flies a tune that I wrote on a looper. Um, and then, you know, 12 years later said, Hey guys, you want to play this song with me? 
And in fact, that's the song that I sang on that looper the day the metalheads stopped playing. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, yeah. it was it was a, a demo 12 years in the making. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it was also a showstopper, so it was crowd approved. Crowd proven. Amen. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Tried and true. Yeah. Yeah. I think to tell you the truth, Fly is probably my favorite tune on this record. And I'm the only one who feels that way. Nobody ever talks about Fly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's like, again, it's made of very simple ideas. And it's the song that I sing for myself when I, when I need to remind myself that even though I'm imperfect, uh, I can still be like, a transcendental being like soaring on, on the, on the wind, you know, like, and, and it, so it's something that brings, you know, my, like my, my desire to grow and be kind of free in mind and heart um, with just like really grounded things, like just four chords, you know? <laughs> like, sure, sure. No, and I'm thinking really kind of, uh, can I ask you maybe some people you listen, did you ever listen to Nina Simone? Oh, who, I mean, I mean, like. <laughs> I know, was that the stupidest question ever? <laughs> I mean, like, I know I said I don't know any musicians, but I do know that musician. <laughs> she could take, like, one chord, right? That's right. And and ride it for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, and Mississippi Goddamn. Right. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Absolutely. And she did a version of Tina Turner's sister wrote a song called Funkier Than a Mosquito's Tweeter. Oh, gosh, I love that song. Oh, yes. Speak on it. <laughs> I cover that, okay? That song is so That's strong that Watt can even do it. With my buddy, my guitar man, putting down the guitar and playing kalimba. You know, the thumb. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because uh, we just thought it was the way to do it. And, and, and her sense of just everything, so strong. So I figured that maybe you, you heard of her. I, I just... <laughs> well, you know, it's like I looked up to her for so long because she was a classical pianist who kind of got shoved into other directions. Absolutely. Um, and that's kind of how it happened for me. And I thought, you know, if she could maintain that degree of like musical and personal integrity, um, come what may, um, she was, she, I mean, she was a beacon for me because like, so many parts of my journey have felt like compromises. Like, and I know that she talked about this a lot too. She thought she was supposed to be a concert pianist and right. didn't understand why, you know, anybody would require of her to be anything else. And that's all I ever wanted to be. So, um, you know, so it's just like, well, it just, she, she just became the, that, that kind of, Speaking of light that said, you just got to put one foot in front of the other, regardless of what you thought you were supposed to be doing here on this wild ride. Like, you just have to keep going um, and see what comes up. So, so she's, uh, she's king of kings in my yeah. world. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Exactly. All right. Lily, we're at the end of the second hour. January 11, 2022, Dish Watt Peter Show. Special guest, Lily Lewis. Hold tight for hour three. January 11, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Pedro Show. We start off the third hour. Lily Lewis, Credo, and Unum. And for you non-Latin speakers, the one. Then we had Ratchet Orchestra out of Montreal with Soweto Stomp, Crane, Whatever Happened. And finally, Lily Lewis with Copper John. Mm. So let's start with that first baby that you didn't realize you gave me. Man, so Credo and Unum, um, you know, haven't been a classical choral singer. You know, we would sing credos all the time. Everybody right. says of the credos. But when I was doing a little residency over in Paris, um, this, like, mathematician named Pierre Rambe came and hung out with me one day. And he introduced me to Rambo's um, credo in unam instead of unum which was the feminine instead of the masculine and this guy i mean he goes on this rhapsodious like explication of this epic poem and i was like well i've got i've got a one i've got we like credo is we believe right we believe in one and i was like i believe in one woman she's like she's on another continent right now but and so and and we were kind of in a tender spot me and and the woman who became my wife, Liz. And um and so it was this it was this push pull thing that we were doing. And so it became this you know, this kind of even though we're pushing and pulling, I believe we're gonna we're gonna pull this together. And I wrote this song in a basement at the uh um I guess the the Parisian version of MIT. They had like a basement student center with a rickety piano in there. Um, that had all these whooshy like meow, meow, sounds going on in the background. 
way out of tune, just like, what the heck is going on? But like, you know, you, you know, you just follow, you just follow all the sounds that are happening. You're doing what you can do. And I managed to have my little inbox two two channel interface with me. So I recorded it and then wrote the song around it. And then, um, you know, I think I, I think I sang the lyric upstairs in the dorm room where I was staying. You can actually hear like the fly, you know, by the window and like hear on the headphones with <laughs> And my favorite thing about it is that when I when I got home, I tried to record it for real on an instrument that really worked. And the song fell apart. The song only works on the rickety, out of tune, wishy washy, weird piano uh, sitting in Paris somewhere where the pedals don't work. And, you know, um, so oh, that shows I, to go you right. So, Something's right. bigger than that's your right. intention. Right. <laughs> Wow. So I'm sure I sent it to you because, uh, you know, I think I used you as my opportunity to dump everything that nobody else would want to listen to. <laughs> like, but I love, like, I sent you all of my favorite stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then explain uh, Copper John. All right. Well, Copper John's a tune that's been with me for well over a decade. It's it's actually named after a guy that used to hang out in Little Five Points in Atlanta. Yeah, I know. Um, there used to be a club there. There used to be a club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Five Spot. That's and there, right. Uh, Played there a bunch. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Copper John was hanging out there, and and, and he was – I mean, there, I, there, honestly, there was one day when I was spazzing out because my keyboard broke down during, like, a major conference – and, you know, when you're young and a conference comes to town and you get to feature, you're like, this is my big break. And then my yeah. keyboard dies. So I'm outside just sort of losing my mind. And he sits me down on the wall and he's like, you know, you can't listen and hear at the same time. And I was like, huh? Yeah. And then he gave me his notebook of writings that were like equal parts, profound and unintelligible, at least to me. And like, and while I was reading his writings, he was busy making me a bracelet. And he's, and when he was done, he's like, here, this will protect you. And I still have this bracelet. And so like what it summed up for me was like when I like, when I ran away from home, be a songwriter and didn't have a place to live for a while. And like, there were all of these like houseless griots who would like kind of witness to me and basically demand that I stay on the path like and they just it was it was like I like they weren't giving me a choice they were like you got to speak and so everybody all the verses are about people that I encountered when I was busy trying to busy trying to become a human I guess and uh and it was kind of an ode to them and for years I couldn't find anybody to play it and I only ever heard it on guitar I, I couldn't figure out how to make it work on piano. So I didn't even know whether or not it was a song, to tell you the truth. And then when the pandemic hit and all the all the gigs disappeared, I started trying to like bring back the songs that I had left kind of on the cutting board or whatever, however you <laughs> there there you go, the cutting floor. And I pick up this lyric because it had haunted me. That sure, melody sure, had haunted sure. me for well over a decade. I made it work on piano. And once I knew how to play it on piano, you know, it was obvious to everybody else how it should go. And all of a sudden it was a song. Um, and beautiful. it's been the one from the newest record that people have responded to the most. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. there you go. It's beautiful. And you know what? I think Copper John had a beautiful soul. He was right to 
get you to keep on keeping on. Here's another tune you gave me back, Sam.
says when I'm moving around with no place to lay my head. Just go back to the beginning. My spirit says when the heart becomes blind and cannot see its way into tomorrow, you must go back to the before. But what about the before? What about the beginning? Were they not once a treacherous terrain? What about today? What about ever after? Tell me what makes the rough places plain. I'd ask it of me, but I'm already lost. I'd just let it be, but release it what goes on. Innocent. 
For Pedro Show, final music for this edition. Chunk start off Lily Lewis, Backside, then Miriam Miriam Gendron, some more music from Montreal. All the pretty little horses. And then Lily Lewis, because you gave me more than 11, you gave me 12, so I'm putting this extra one here. A Healing Inside, then Sarah Davachi from her new record, First Cadence, and finally Lily Lewis with the solo version of Turn It Around. So I gave you 12 so you could pick which one you wanted to play. Yeah, put them all in. <laughs> You know, when I um, was turning around, I went out when I met when I first met Mark Bingham, who ended up being my co-producer on those two. We actually ended up doing three records together. Um, You know, I thought I was laying down demos for a a full out, you know, full band record. And when we had the piano tracks down, he was like, "Nah, you got to release this as it is. You you, you know, we got to do something naked first. And I was like, but it's so naked. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, it is. You know? Buck so, naked. You know, so that's where that came from, you know. Okay. And, and then going back to Healing Inside, I did that track with some women that I met during the pandemic. They were like singers from all over the U.S. and Canada um, who had kind of come together to support each other because all their gigs were uh, were kind of drying up. And um and this is a tune that I wrote like maybe four or five years into my trauma work, you know, and um, it was just like, oh, I got everything I need. And these are the things that I would need in order to feel like an integrated human. And I tried to keep it simple. I always like it when simple things come up, you know, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it's so like the uh, uh, answer to a complicated question. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, OK. All right, I can work with that. So that's that's been kind of my meditation for the last couple of years, and, and just kind of woo, trying to work with all we're all we're all going through together, you know. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Where, where, can I can I ask you where people can find you on the internet? Sure, they can actually find me at folkrockdiva.com. Like, really, if you put in folkrockdiva. <laughs> You'll find me all over the place, Instagram, Twitters, all that stuff. That's right. And, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Yes, they called me Folk Rock Diva because it was a folk rock band, and I was the only one in the band who had ever sung opera. So, yes, that's how I got the name. But that being said, yeah. I go by Folk Rock Diva because my mother spells my name funny. She spelled it L-I-L-L-I. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's actually, like, that's the name of, like, the German porn doll, right? So, like, nobody remembers that. Like, it's like, you know, it's they spell it any way but that. Uh, it's like you will not get me at l i l l i e lewis dot com. You will, but you will find me at folkrockdiva dot com. Okay. And if you know how to spell my name, you can find me at lilylewis dot com okay. as well. Okay. But all over the place, you know, I'm I'm mostly folk rock diva. So that it, you know, throw a stone, that's where you'll find me. And the plan right now? My plan right now 
Besides talking I, with what? Right, right. I'm like, I'm enjoying this so much. I'm like, maybe this would be my new job. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my plan right now, to tell you the truth, I just bought a new piano. Uh, it's the first good piano I've had in 25 years, and uh, and it does everything I ask it to do. It's I say, can we try this? And it says, sure. <laughs> my plan right now is to spend as much time as possible in my new country house, playing my new, beautiful, gorgeous, delicious, marony, petite grand, um, and just trying to connect with the parts of myself that I left behind when I went into a self-imposed exile, you know? Um, and in the meantime, like, just try to be, you know, my band now, we call it Little Loose Project. Uh, we have a slogan that says, uh, practice radical decency. And uh, we say that decency is radical these days. Like, trying to be decent when people are spitting in your face yeah, is yeah. a radical act, you know? Absolutely. And, are you writing new tunes on this new piano? You know, I haven't yet. Um, it's funny because the piano, I mean, she's a real whore. Like, anytime like I can like, put my hands on it and something comes out, like, that's going to be a song and that's going to be a song. But I haven't I haven't tried to extract any new music out of her yet. Like, okay. I'm trying to... No, no wine before it's time, no, like Mr. Wells said, right? Mr. That's right. I mean, no it's like... before it's time. But when you do get some songs out of her, will you come back on the show and play them and talk about them? Absolutely. You know, I will. Beautiful. Thank you so much, you Lily. People, it's been the January 11, 2022 edition. What? Peter, so keep your fire dry.